This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, December 13th. Friday the 13th, by the way, 2019. Anyway, so don't I don't believe any of that stuff anyways. The weekend is here upon us, and uh, hopefully it'll be a good one. And we don't have too many weekends left before Christmas, or New Year's for that matter. So it's coming up on us pretty fast, and then we're into the new year. Well... And, of course, we all watched the news, and we saw what happened today. Uh, it looks like the Chinese have agreed to a to a, uh, a phase one trade deal. There was doubts there for just a little bit that they, because they didn't say anything. They didn't agree with Trump that the deal was in place, but that didn't last long. So that's good. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much it's going to help the market now because, you know, it's one of those things where you buy the room or sell the news. I think the market already reacted to it to it for some time. There's good news. So I'm just not sure how much more it will react to it going forward. So don't be surprised that the market doesn't just keep going up. It probably won't. doesn't mean it's going to crash or anything. It's just I just don't think that the good news of this Chinese deal is going to do much more for the market than it already has. There's always something going on. There's always variables, always, and so we have to take a look at those variables. We, you, you, and I, and my my staff, we look at all those variables all the time and decide what we think is going to happen uh, to stocks based on the variables we're faced with. The economy is doing pretty well. That's a big variable, right? Election year is coming up. Another big variable. The trade deal was the thing overhanging us, but now we also know that Brexit is probably going to happen pretty soon because the Conservative Party in Britain had a huge landslide victory over the Liberal Party, and that means uh, they're probably going to have the votes to push through a Brexit pretty fast. That's going to affect the world economy, world market. Those are the kinds of things you have to pay attention to. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I hope you'll call me. This is a call-in show. You drive the show. You take it wherever you want to go. As long as it's financial, we're going to go there. Okay, That and of course, it's all about the same goal for everybody, financial freedom. Now, I'm not excluding myself. Yeah, I'm not. Even though I, I'm pretty much there, I just love doing what I do, so I will continue to do it. Remember my, uh, I've said it many times, but I haven't said it recently, the goal and to the goal to get to retirement to that financial freedom point, whatever that is, is not necessarily stop working. It's stop doing what you have to do and go do what you want to do. I love doing this, so I'll be doing this. So it's up to you. What do you guys want to do in retirement? Maybe you want to golf or go fishing. That's okay too, as long as you know that's what you're going to do because you like it. That's your goal. A lot of things, I think a lot of people think that they'll retire and I'll just stop working and I'll be happy. That's not how it works. Trust me on this. Just retiring doesn't make you happy. It could, but it doesn't usually. So in this hour, I'm looking to help you get to that goal of financial freedom and I do that by answering questions. So our anytime listener line number is now open. I am taking your calls at 888-99-CHART. You know we're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, but you can call that number anytime you want to, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. 
So I would appreciate you calling and ask your questions. Um, Christmas is right around the corner. It's coming. And then in January, and you know, in January, I have set up appointments to go to, to Dallas and New York City. Two more days in New York, one day in Dallas. And I am getting a lot of response from that. So if you want to meet with me in Dallas, I'll be there on January 24th. January 24th. If you want to meet with me, you need to, to get in touch with me. Send me an email. Go to my website. Go to the Contact Us. Say you want to set up an appointment, and we'll work on it. Okay? Now, remember, I'm going to be in New York, Dallas on the 24th of July. So Dallas, January 24th. And then New York on January 28th and 29th. Now's the time to set up the time for appointments. Do it early, people. Before you get too wrapped up in Christmas, you probably already are. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want it to be full up. And, I mean, it's filling up fast and it's it's a month, over a month away. So, so um, my main talking point today. The hottest housing markets in 2020 will be far from the coasts. It's going to be different, 2020, the hottest markets. Now, that's according to Realtor.com. Home buyers next year are expected to flock to smaller, more affordable cities. So we're going to talk about that. What cities are we talking about? What's the number one city are we talking about? What are those one through 20? I think I got 20 listed. So we'll, we're that, I think that'll be interesting. Uh, other talking points we're going to discuss. Uh, the Chapman University uh, Economic Business Review came out, and I want to talk about what their predictions are. And the reason why I talk about Chapman is they're one of the best when it comes to economic prognostica- prognostications. And so I want to talk about what they think is going to happen next year. Also, um, the Federal Reserve does not expect a recession to start anytime soon. This is according to a, a research firm. So I wanted to discuss that in conjunction with the uh, Economic Chapman Review. Pepsi is launching a cola coffee beverage called Pepsi Cafe. Did you know that this is not the first time they've tried this? Hey, would you buy one? We'll talk about it a little bit. And I want to talk about the ECB's first meeting with the new ECB president, Christine Lagarde. I guess that's how you say it, Lagarde. Or maybe Lagarde. I don't know. Uh, Christine Lagarde took, took uh, Mario, Drago's, Mario Draghi's place as president of the ECB. What did, she, what did they decide? Those out this week? What did they decide? Did they decide anything? And uh, let's see, the market today, the Dow was up three points. Whoopee, big up three points. The Nasdaq was up 18, and the S&P was flat. So that was what the market looked like today. One day after, uh, you know, the Chinese deal was announced and confirmed. And so the market, as I say, it's one of those buy the news, uh, buy the rumor, sell the news. So there certainly wasn't many selling, but... Wasn't much celebrating either. That was happening, I guess, yesterday. <laughs> All of the celebration was yesterday. Anyways, now uh, let's see. Uh, let's get to our first Friday question, okay? Might as well get to that and get started. This came in earlier on our anytime listener line number. The number is eight 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 ninety nine chart. 
Hi, guys. Love the show. Learn a lot. I have a quick question. Interested in purchasing the stock and holding it for a while. P-A-Y-C. Paycom. It's had a great year, but the numbers still look good for the future. Uh, what do you guys think about this stock? Thanks. Wait to hear your answers on the show. Okay, this is Paycom Software, Inc., P-A-Y-C. Uh, let's see, where are they located? I'm just curious. Uh, they traded on the New York Stock Exchange um, in Oklahoma City. Hmm. Provides cloud-based human capital software that manages employment life cycle for employers. Employment life cycle for employers. I'm not sure what that means. You want to know the truth? I don't know what that means. Now, uh, everything cloud-based seems to be hot, right? I mean, this stock is growing pretty fast. It is a $15 billion company. It's growing earnings 25 to 28% every year. And sales are going uh, 30 31%, 32% every quarter growing. Okay, so that that could be the issue. Okay, they're going to make, they made $2.67 a share in 2018. This year, they're going to make $3.42 and next year, $4.29. Pretty darn good growth. Now, of course, stock has also run up. It's $256.99 a share. And they're going to make $4.29. So we're talking about, what, a 50-something PE? Pretty high. Great return on equity, 51%. Good cash flow, 323 They don't pay a dividend. Growth stocks usually don't. Not very much debt. And that's why you have to, you're going to have to pay up. Um, I probably wouldn't buy it at this stage. It's too expensive for me. Um, I, I'd have to come down to probably around the $200 area for me to really consider it at this point. And that's about 20% off, off of this. And that still would mean it was a pretty expensive stock. That doesn't make it cheap if it did come down that far. So don't think just because, you know, just because it comes down 20% is cheap. No, it's just cheaper than it was. But it does deserve higher multiples because of the stability of the growth and the growth of earnings and, and sales. It's trading 44 times book value. Just to give you scale, Ben Graham, the the grandfather, the godfather of value investing, never liked to buy a stock that was more than one time book value. And this one's 44 times. Just to give you some scale. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And if you live or work in Southern California, I encourage you to contact me or Justin. Justin Klein, that is, at the KPP offices of Irvine, California. You can make an appointment and sit down with us if you like. We'll talk about your portfolio and what we do for a living and how maybe we can help you. So call our call us or reach out through investtalk.com. Just send an email or a message and we can Skype you if you want to, too. And now I'm taking I'm taking your questions live. 888-99 chart. It's a Friday, and you are working to achieve financial freedom. Okay, and if you find any extra time over the weekend, you might do a little web surfing to investtalk.com. There's a wealth of investment guidance online, and you can read about the many strategic investing programs offered by KPP Financial. But for now, Steve Peasley is here 
ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. That's our number. We'd love to talk to you. Okay, let's look at some of the benchmarks this week. Uh, oil is still trading around $59, $60 a barrel. It's slowly creeping up, and I expect it to actually slowly creep up in 2020, too. I think we can get up to 65, about 65 a barrel next year. I don't see that as a problem. That means gasoline will creep up as well, but nothing out of the ordinary. Here in California, we're still paying like 3.65 per gallon for regular, four dollars for premium. Uh, and every place else uh, uh, is 2.56, and in Louisiana, Louisiana, the cheapest place is two dollars and 24 cents a gallon. Two-year Treasury yield 1.63. 10-year Treasury, 1.88. So the, the yield curve is still in proper alignment. Gold's at 14.73 an ounce. Didn't, kind of, didn't move hardly at all this week. Did not move. It's really interesting. You have a dichotomy going here, something that's uh, very unusual, and that is that the dollar is falling. So when the dollar falls, it gets weaker against other currencies. Usually that means gold goes up. And it really isn't. It's not going down, but it's not going up either. So uh, it's kind of unusual. Kind of unusual. So I find that interesting. In 2019, we saw the best annual performance of the S&P in many, many, many years, right? The economy is doing well. So let's go down the checklist. What do you mean by doing well? Well, jobs report is pretty darn strong with unemployment reaching multi Decades lows. Uh, trade agreement is completed. At least phase one of the trade agreement is completed. That and how about the USMCA trade agreement? That's also completed. Been sitting in the in, in the House of Representatives for a year. And the budget deal looks like it's set. So it looks like things are going along pretty well. And of course, American businesses increased their uh, value by a quarter trillion dollars by December first this year. Pretty good. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions and calls at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. The weekend is here or almost here for most of us. Christmas is just around the corner and so is a new year. Now more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is at the microphone, and he welcomes your investing questions now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, this is Mark from Denver. Um, I was just wondering a quick question. Um, I just rolled over my old 401k into a rollover IRA from my previous employer, and I'm not trying to be too active with it, but I am willing to take a little bit of risk. I'm pretty young. I'm 29 years old. Uh, I was just wondering if it would be a smart idea to, you know, put it all into something like SPY or VOO and just let it ride. Like I said, I'm not trying to be too active with it. So I just want to, you know, something nice and easy to let it accumulate over time. Thanks. I'll be listening for the answer on the podcast. Well, the simple answer is yes. If you do that, and leave it alone for a long time. We're not talking about long time being a couple of years. I'm saying 10, 20 years. You're only 29, 30 years. You will do very well. Okay? Now, just remember, there will be a lot of volatility along the way. 
Okay, in some years it won't go up, and some years it'll go down for several years in a row. That's very possible. But generally speaking, the market returns 8 to 10% a year pretty darn consistently over long periods of time. Just make sure you understand long periods of time. That's my biggest my biggest fear is people get out right at the wrong time. The market goes down and it goes down more, then it goes down more, and they panic out. As soon as they panic out, the market turns up. Then the market goes up, the market goes up, then they get in, then it stops going up. And that means you're buying high and selling low. You can't time the market, so don't try. So if you t- promise me to leave it alone, that yeah, you'll be fine with SPY. Be just fine. Let's go to Tricia in San Jose. How are you doing, Tricia? Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for the call. So um, I want to know what you think about Teladoc. The ticker symbol is T-D-O-C. Okay, let's take a look at it. That is a, a, it's called Teladoc Health Inc. It is a company that's out of New York, provides on-demand healthcare services with over 3,000 board-certified physicians. Uh, it's a $5.5 billion company, so it's a mid-cap company. The problem is, is they've never made money. For going back seven, eight years that I have data, and each year they lose money. This year they're going to lose a dollar forty-three a share. Next year they're going to use a dollar, lose a dollar eleven a share. Sales growth—they're growing their sales uh, uh, 20, 30, 40 percent every quarter, but they don't make any money. I don't like buying stocks that don't make money. So eventually, if that sales keeps growing like it's growing, they eventually should be able to turn that into money, into earnings. But there's, they don't have any projection any of when that might happen. Uh, and the stock has done very well. I mean, the stock has gone up uh, over the last couple of years. I mean, it was a $12 stock back in 2016. Here it is now, a $76 stock. So it's done very, very well. So that doesn't mean it can't continue to do well. It could. It's not for me, though. I don't buy companies that don't make money. So I probably wouldn't buy it because of that reason. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. That was Teladoc Health Inc., everybody. Teladoc Health Inc. Okay, Pepsi is launching a cola coffee beverage called Pepsi Cafe. Now, they announced this just, oh, I don't know, on just yesterday. So, they're going to have two flavors of it. Pepsi Cafe Original and Pepsi, Pepsi Cafe Vanilla. Now, in my office, there's a big, uh, a big, Pepsi presence down the end of the building. I wonder if we're going to get some free samples. They gave us some free, you know, just put out free samples for everybody there in the building. So maybe I'll get a taste. I don't know. I'm not a big coffee person. You do know Pepsi tried this before. It, It was called Pepsi Kona. Do you remember that? That was in 1996. Big failure at the time. Of course, now they're saying, well, they were just way ahead of their time. Coca Cola their main competitor, right? Announced last month that it's launching a new sparkling water brand in 2020. That's a sparkling water. Okay, Uh, and it'll have two flavors, black cherry and coffee and citrus and green tea. And that will contain 30 milligrams of caffeine. By the way, Pepsi's Cafe will have twice the caffeine as a coffee. So these are wake me up call of 
drinks, I guess. I'm not, my problem is, is I don't like coffee at all. I don't drink coffee. Don't like tea. Don't drink tea. So neither one of these combination of flavors attracts me at all. It sounds, it sounds gross to me. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Uh, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions. 888-992-4278. We only got a minute before the break, so I can't get to the next caller. Wanted to talk about a rollover IRA. We'll get to them after the hour. When we come back, I want to talk about the ECB and the new uh, uh, the new uh, president of the ECB, European Central Bank. And I also want to talk about the economic outlook from Chapman and what's going on there and the Federal Reserve and what are they saying about economic outlook for next year. So we're going to get, those are my two uh, remaining talking points before the end of the show. But of course, your calls always come first. Whatever your call, whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about. So it's time to give me a call. A number again, 888-99-CHART. Oh, I didn't see it. Okay. And here's a trivia question. The largest retailer influence, of course, is Amazon. We all know that. So I I, want to know, how many warehouses does Amazon have? How many employees do they have? Right? They're huge. So how many warehouses there? And employees. I'll have have the answer for you right after break. 888-99-CHART. You know what my husband and I really want? I mean, after years of working and saving and investing, we want financial freedom. Financial freedom to do and live as we want. But our old 401k plan? It's out of date. It can't truly be working for us. You're listening to someone who would benefit from a personalized portfolio review. The kind of unbiased advice and sensible investment strategies offered in a no-cost preliminary consultation by KPP Financial. Sure, we feel confident about some of our investment decisions over the years, but retirement will get here someday, and we should cover our bases now. Get a valuable second opinion on your current financial picture. And KPP Financial doesn't impose unnecessary products or services, so you can make informed decisions with your money. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking and shared success. KPP Financial. Okay. It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. Okay, I asked you before the break a trivia question. How many warehouses does Amazon have and how many employees? How big are they? Here's the answer. Amazon operates more than 175 fulfillment centers around the world. The majority are located across North America and Europe. This is, this is scale that gives Amazon more than 150 million square feet of space. Now, back in the early days, the mid 1990s, a single Amazon warehouse, one, one. Okay, now it has 175. It had a handful of employees back then. I mean, well, 1990s is not that far back. Now, over time, the warehouse became hundreds, and they are now called Amazon Fulfillment Centers. And they store millions and millions of items because they have they fulfill monthly orders. That's where all the goods are stored to, to when you buy stuff. 
Okay. 2007, Amazon had 17,000 employees, gross revenue of 15 billion. 2014, they had 154,000 employees with 89 billion in sales revenue. 2018, they have 646,000 employees, 647,000 employees, and gross revenue of 232 billion. And his revenue was positive $10.73 billion. And, and the net revenue after, that's how their profit, $10 billion. So revenues are $232 billion, but that's not profit. Profit is $10 billion. Now, that's not a lot. Really, if you think about it, what is that? That's not even a 10% profit. That's a 5% profit on sales. You look at the sales of, of Apple and see what percentage of their profits you know, of sales are. It's huge compared to that, compared to Amazon. So, now if you compare that performance to Walmart, 2019 Walmart had 1.5 million employees. Remember, Amazon has 647,000. And that's 1.5 million in just the U.S. alone. And their gross revenue is 514 billion versus 232 billion for Amazon. But look how fast Amazon has grown to that size. Very fast. Okay, let's get in another voicemail. This came in earlier, 888-99 chart. Hello, Steve and Justin. Just had a question for you on a stock, NV5 Global Inc., symbol N-V-E-E. It's involved in the technical consulting for like public and private sector, construction, engineering, kind of in that area of the market. The chart looks pretty ugly. It's gotten beaten up pretty bad over the last year. I was wondering what your thoughts were picking it up in the low, low 40s. It's still expected to grow revenue 20-plus percent over the next year. Um, it's enterprise value to EBITDA is right around 10 from what I was seeing. I uh, just wonder what your guys' thoughts were. Thank you. Enterprise value to EBITDA. EBITDA is earnings before, let's see, EB, uh, earnings before interest, taxes, uh, depreciation, and amortization. That's what that is. It's just a way to look at the earnings. Okay, uh, NV5 Global Inc. N, V is in Victor, E is in E, E is in uh, e, I, E is in I. Yes, I don't know. Provides professional technical engineering and consultant solutions to public and private sector clients. It's a $581 million company, so it's very small. They make money. They've been making money for years. A lot better than some other companies I know. They're going to make $4.44 next year, and it's a $45 stock. So you're looking at about a 10 PE. The five-year range is 10 to 31. So why did it fall from $82, $83 in July to $45? Why did it get cut in half almost over this period of time? That would be the first question I want to have answered. Why did it get sales are good at 20-30%? Earnings are doing very good. Why did the stock get cut in half? Something happened. Something. I just don't know. I, I, I would find that out. I could find that out, but I don't have enough time. I got to do some research to find that out. But something happened over that period of time to cut in half. At this stage, everything being equal, it's extremely low price stock, especially based on its growth prospects of what I see here. They don't have much debt, so there's not fear there. Management owns 20%. That's very good. But mutual funds have been selling it off. Why? 
Just see, you always want to look for the why here. When, when things look really good on the numbers, but the stock is falling apart, you have to have a very firm grasp of why that happened. And then if you know why that happened, once you know that, now you have to decide, is that going to be a, a continually drag on the stock in the future? Or is the, whatever that problem is over with? Or is it going to start easing? What? what, what, what what's happening? Well, and that's what you have to ask. If you think the problem's over with or are going to start easing, then this would be a great place to buy the stock. Okay? I just can't tell you that. I don't know. Uh, the last three or four days, it finally looks like it's trying to find support, but I'd wait. I'd wait till it breaks up. Uh, before, I think it needs to break up above its 20-day moving average, which is at 47 $48 a share, and it's at 45 I'd wait for some recovery before I step into this. But you got to find out why it fell. That's the most important thing here. Okay, NVEE, NV5 Global Inc. Engineering Consulting Solutions Company. My main talking point today, the hottest housing market in 2020. What is, where is it? They're talking about next year, not this year, next year. What's going to be the housing market? And this, uh, this, uh, we're, we're talking, uh, realtor.com believes this. This is where this is coming from. So they think the, that, forget about Seattle, Denver, San Francisco, you know, forget about all that. Uh, you know, forget about the coasts. The growth is already done. That's done. They're done. Number one, they think that the housing market is going to be Boise, Idaho. They say that, that what's happening is you're going to see a transition to smaller, less expensive places, the cities, that people are going to flock through. And I know I have friends who actually moved to Idaho from California, and it wasn't because of the housing prices. It was because of the taxes here in California. They could buy something very reasonable there compared to here. That's true. But it was the taxes. He was a pilot. He's going to be retiring in a couple of years. And he did not want to pay the huge uh, income tax burden here in California. He just couldn't stomach it. So they moved. And I have a feeling they're not alone. People are leaving California in droves, going to Texas. I have relatives who moved to Texas because of that. Very same issue, taxes. So, what are the main? What are the cities that they that 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 are in order of what they think will do the best? It's going to be Boise, Boise Idaho, number one, McAllen, Edinburgh, Mission, Texas. That's one name, McAllen, Edinburgh, Mission. Maybe that's three cities right next to each other. I don't know. Texas, Tucson, number three, Chattanooga, Tennessee, number four, Columbia, South Carolina, number five. Six is Rochester, New York. Seven is Colorado Springs, Colorado. You know, I kind of like Colorado Springs, but man, it gets cold in the winter. <laughs> Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and eight is number eight. And nine is Charleston, North Carolina. So North Carolina appears here. I see a few times on this list. And number 10 is Memphis, Tennessee. Number 10. Now I have it all the way to number 20. Florida's in there. Tennessee's in there again in Knoxville. Um, Spokane, Washington is in there, but I know Washington's prices have gone up pretty, pretty steep. What really amazes me is number 18 on the list is Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii. That surprised me. 
I don't think Hawaii would make it because it's so expensive. I wouldn't think the market would be very hot. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The KPP Premium Newsletter went out today. It goes out every Friday. And, of course, I pack it full of information as much as I can. Uh, you know, and so, I, you know, you can subscribe. It's called a premium newsletter. It comes out every Friday. You can subscribe to it. Uh, I started off with a market condition section at the very beginning. There wasn't much in economic numbers out this week, but the market you know, moved on other news, which it often does if there's not much on the economic front. Even the, even sometimes the economic news doesn't move the market. It's just politics, it could be disasters, it could be... And this week was all about the trade talks, U.S.-China trade talks with phase one being implemented or at least approved by both sides. Agreed to, I guess I should say. Agreed to. Whatever phase one entails. We don't know what the other phases are. There are more than five phases? What? How many phases are there? Just two? We don't know. I do believe the market will be, won't be overly strong. I mentioned in the newsletter that for next year, I don't believe it's going to be overly strong. I think it's going to be a, a traders, uh, a stock picker's market next year. Uh, I talked about economic numbers and projections and things like that. In the portfolio management section, um, I talked about the fundamentals of the market and the fundamentals of particular stocks uh, and that behavior is always first and foremost. What are the fundamentals of a company? And then you move to the charts. Charts. See, the technical analysis helps you determine your, your, your next market move, where you buy, where you sell. That's what technical analysis helps you decide. It can help you just look for strong support or resistant levels and all that is is where the stock stopped moving up or down previous times several times before and it tends to repeat that and that's what you're observing when you're looking at charts. Okay? Uh, so that's what was in there. I had a couple of stock ideas this this time. Uh, I, I Every week I give you a couple of stock ideas. One was a leading independent provider of diagnostic testing uh, you know, you know, testing and information services in the U.S. A gross profit margin is 34%, which I thought was pretty good. And it has, it's a pretty good grower too. Now, I mean, year to date, it's up 28%. I also highlighted a diversified conglomerate industrial company that mostly competes in the electrical components market. Why? I kind of like the industrial, industrial parts and right now. Uh, because of what we see going on in the economy. So the newsletter is full of information. You know, uh, uh, the last section was about the called Consumer Watch. It was about holiday traveling with the do's and don'ts. You know, what you should and should not do when you're traveling. Uh, one of them is don't wait the last minute to make your reservations. That's just crazy. You're going to pay so much more money. Don't do that. And be prepared. Be prepared. You know, uh, you know, in the traveling holiday season, you got weather issues can disrupt you tremendously. So be prepared. Have some snacks in your, you know, carry on. Maybe have a toothbrush in case you don't can't get to your luggage and you have to spend the night somewhere without your luggage. You never know. It's happened quite often. That's the KPP Premium Newsletter, and hopefully, I think most people find it very valuable. And clients get it for free. But you can subscribe for, to it if you wish. And you do that directly through investtalk.com. And after you subscribe, you can you will get a full report each Friday directly from in your email inbox. 
every Friday. Now let's get let's fit in another caller, another question from a caller. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi there. Um, I was just wondering about um, investments and uh, taxes. If you uh, sell a stock, I know you have to pay um, cost basis and uh, pay taxes on the gains. But how do you treat the commissions that you might have paid to the broker? Um, do you get to deduct those, or how do you treat that? That's what, that's my question. And uh, thanks for taking it. Yes, you can deduct those. Yeah, those are costs to, to, to buy. It's part of the cost to purchase the uh, the stock. But, of course, now these days with, TD, with Schwab and TD Ameritrade combining them, both of them cutting down their trading fees to zero, you shouldn't have, you know, you should not be paying any trading costs. Shouldn't have any cost to buy and sell the stock of these in this in these days, um, and there's two ways they tax you: the short-term capital gains and long-term capital gains. So if you bought a stock today and you sold it tomorrow and you had a gain, that would be short-term, and you're taxed at your ordinary income tax rate for short-term capital gains. Long-term capital gains, you're taxed at 20% of the profits, just 20% of the profits. And what's the length of time, short-term, long-term? Well, one year. They turn If you hold on to a position for one year or more and then sell it, that's long-term capital gains. One year or less, short-term capital gains. Pretty simple stuff, right? So you should be able to remember that. And if you're going to be an active trader, if that's going to be like your your, 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 the way you're going to invest in the market. Make sure if you're active, the smarter thing would be to be active in a retirement account, an IRA, because then you don't have to pay capital gains taxes. Okay. Okay. The number, the, the numbers for November retail sales were somewhat soft. They were up only up two tenths of percent. Pretty disappointing retail sales print uh, was high, highlighted by weakness across the furniture stores, health personal care stores, sporting goods stores, and department stores. That's where the softness still up 2%, but that's not a very strong number. But Cyber Monday, with their late Thanksgiving this year, was not, it was not in November. Cyber Monday was, Cyber Monday fell on December 2nd. So, the up two tenths of one percent from November did not include Cyber Monday, so maybe that's why it was soft. Okay, Amazon, Target, Walmart all continued to increase market share, uh, so they were do they did very well. So do not panic. We still got two weeks before Christmas. You have time to shop. This is a Vest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here: to help you achieve financial freedom. That's the goal. And our work continues after the break, so get your questions in, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, the cost of college has jumped over 25% in the last 10 years. Many Americans have now begun to question whether college is worth the price. That story, Monday. But now Steve Peasley is here ready with answers and he's waiting for your questions call steve 888-99-CHART 888-992-4278 we're going to go talk to jason el segundo how you doing jason good how you doing steve good good i appreciate the call and i hope things going well for you 
It is. Thank you. Today, I, I'm wondering about the stock STMP. I own it, and uh, after I bought it, I found out that there was a uh, lawsuit from shareholders against the company, and I'm wondering if yes. that should be of concern or if I can ignore that. Well, you don't ignore it, uh, but I do think it's already built into the price of stock because it got really beat up. I mean, it was $200 a share back in March, and then it fell all the way down to below 40, and now it's back above 83. And it was all, the, you know, there was a lot of problems coming out, and that's what one of one of them is, is the, the investigation or whatever you want to call it, lawsuits against the, uh, the CEO and other uh, other executives at the company, but the fundamentals of the company look pretty good. One of the things I don't like is they're earn- they've always earned money, but their earnings have always been very erratic. I mean, one year it was $6 a share, then $11 a share, and then $4 a share this year, $4.67 share this year, next year only $3.24. So it doesn't make it look like that cheap based on $3.24 and an $83 stock. You know, and you're talking about, uh, you know, 27 PE, 26 PE. Well, that's as high as the range. But if you go back and look at last year's earnings, compare it with the price, say, oh, man, it's cheap. So, no, I, I, I would be very careful because it's not cheap. It's probably a little on the pricey side. The return on equity is not very good at 8%, but the return on, I'm sorry, debt is only 8%. Return on equity it is very good at 40%. And really good cash flow. So it's got some things going for it. I mean, some good positives, but it's not cheap. Don't think it's cheap. It's not a cheap stock at this point. Jason, appreciate the call. Good luck with the stamps. S-T-M-P, stamps.com. And they provide electronic postage, you know. I thought most people probably knew what they did. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, so ECB is leaving interest rates alone. They're not going to make any changes to their very accommodative stance that they're in now. And that's an announcement out by um, uh, Christine Lagarde, who took over Mario Draghi's place as the ECB president. So, remember, remember the ECB is 19 countries, right? All the same currency. And Britain is leaving. Brexit will be leaving. And they'll probably be leaving fairly shortly now that they have uh, won a landslide victory for the Conservative Party in, in Britain. And that, and that tells you that the people want out. And they'll probably push it through now. Now, when I say that ECB is very accommodative, interest rates across the ECBC is a negative half a percent. Negative half a percent. So that's very accommodative. You know, so they're trying to spark their economy. They're trying to spark some inflation. They don't have that either. And that's the big effort. Will they be successful? I think eventually they will. I really do. Okay. Um, Economic Outlook, the Chapman University Economic Business, uh, uh, called the Economic and Business Review. They feel that next year, the uh, I don't know if Justin mentioned this yesterday or not, but they feel that the GDP for next year will be 1.9%. Now, these, these people, the Chapman University people are the best, have been since 2004, uh, most accurate in their forecasts. 
Um, so I would probably take the other bank. They predicted 2.1 or 2.2 for this year, if I remember right. And so they're pretty darn close there. So next year is a little bit less. They also, though, what's really interesting, they said that housing starts were going to jump 6.2% this, this coming year. They feel housing is going to be pretty strong part of the overall market. Maybe because interest rates are so low. But they think it's going to be it's going to do very well. So I'm kind of I I since they've been so good, I'm going to go with their call. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin will be here on Monday. I will return Tuesday, and at that point, we'll be just another week away from Christmas. Over this weekend, please tell your friends that I will be traveling to Dallas and New York City in January. If they want to meet with me, that's a great time to do it. Make an appointment. No cost review of the portfolios. Maybe see if we can help them manage some of their funds. Learn more and register soon at investtalk.com. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.